Call 911 and we got the dispatch. Any booze containers or drugs with him? Not that we found, but he looks like Street. It was the face of dozens of others she had treated over the years, weathered maps of lives gone amok, fifty-ish, unshaven, mottled skin, pupils dilated, eyes bloodshot. A face interchangeable with chronic druggies and alcoholics. He was dressed in black pants that looked relatively new. His top had been removed by the EMTs and sat in a belongings bag. His feet were bare and raw. She could find no needle tracks on his arm. However, on the back of his right hand was a pinprick over a vein. Looks like he injected himself. That, or he'd been hooked up to an IV line. No, he looked like heroin to Karen. His skin resembled gray naugahyde and was covered with scabs and nicks, as if insects had feasted on him while he was exposed to the elements. He's gone, Kennedy said. Time of death, 325. Kennedy left and they unhooked the man from the monitors. As Karen put away the equipment, she barely registered how jaded she had become to dead people. In her 17 years in ER, she had seen every manner of death that could claim human beings. Cardiac arrest, drowning, domestic abuse, gang shootings, drug overdoses, stabbings, fire, mangling car crashes, people alive but so disfigured that you had to check for limbs to be certain the carnage was human. When she was in her 20s, it had been much harder to detach herself from the blunt reality of death, to view the dead not as human beings but as bodies, husks of whom they had been. She would look at victims and think that not too long ago they were living, breathing, thinking entities animated, ensouled with whatever it was that defined life, and now they were tissue, organs, and bone in the process of decaying. As consolation, she told herself that the real person had departed, gone to a better place where the suffering had ended. But even after 17 years of ER nursing, it saddened her when the victim was young, even this guy, who died far short of his three score and ten. Sadder still was he had no identity, no name she could put on the toe tag. She and Barbara cleaned him up. They put his shoes and shirt into a belongings bag and laid the bag on his thighs. They disconnected his monitors and left in the IV, the arterial lines, the intubation tube for post-mortem confirmation that nothing they did in the ER had caused his death. Because only a physician could legally pronounce a patient's death, Karen left to check her other patients. When she returned, Dr. Kennedy had completed the death certificate. The official time was listed as 3.25 a.m. Karen entered the data into the computer. Later, the body would be delivered to the medical examiner's office where it would be held until identified and autopsied. Karen prepared the toe tag and headed into cubicle four where their John Doe had been left on the gurney. The gurney was still there and the lines were still connected to the IV and monitors. But the body was gone. Karen shot out to the desk. Where's the dead guy in four? Barbara looked up from her paperwork. Huh? The John Doe, he's gone. Did someone move him? No, what are you talking about? Barbara shot down the hall with Karen to find the other nurses. Nobody had moved the man, and Dr. Kennedy said he hadn't touched the body. The same with the orderlies. Who could have taken him? You think somebody took him? Barbara asked. Well, he didn't walk out on his own. Somebody stole him. Karen ran to the reception desk in the emergency room lobby. The waiting area was empty and the desk attendant had just returned from the restroom and had seen no one wheel out a body. Karen buzzed security, and in seconds a guard showed up. We've got a missing body, she said, and explained what had happened. Who the hell would steal a corpse, the guard said. That's my question. Then Karen went into the nurse's office where the video security system was stored. 
She typed in 3.20 a.m. and hit the playback button. The image was a long shot of the row of cardiac bays. At 3.27, Dr. Kennedy left cubicle 4. Two minutes later, Barbara and Karen left as they checked patients in adjacent cubicles. Then, Karen headed down the corridor to the nurse's station to enter the dead man's data into the computer. There was no other activity until the digital clock said 3.43 a.m. when a man emerged from cubicle 4. It was the dead man, Karen's John Doe, his toe tag in her pocket, still naked from the waist up, still barefoot, EKG electrodes still visible on his chest, shuffling down the empty corridor toward the exit with no pulse, no heartbeat, no blood pressure, no body functions, flatlined and moving on his own power. Karen watched and bit down on a screen. 1. Thought I'd died and gone to heaven. You did. Two jacks staring at you from Anthony's hand and you draw another. Don't you believe in counting?